I was eight years old, Christmas morning. It was completely dark outside because the sun hadn't come up yet. I couldn't sleep because I was waiting for the perfect moment to run down the hallway to see what Santa had brought me. If Santa came to your house, I don't know how he bestowed his gift to your household, but when my sister and I rushed to the Christmas tree, we had two separate piles of gifts. Everything was unwrapped so your eyes could feast on all the glorious surprises. No matter the year, there was always a certain gift that Santa brought. It would vary, but it was a constant. That Christmas morning of 1989, I rushed to the tree to find my very own Batman cereal. See, we didn't really have sugar cereal in our household. You wouldn't find Fruit Loops or Frosted Flakes, so when Christmas came around, you were guaranteed a fun breakfast treat. I should have never told my wife about this, because of course she told her family, and they got quite a kick from this family tradition of mine. They thought it was pretty funny the first year I spent Christmas with them to gift me with a wrap box of Fruity Pebbles, but the joke is on them. It was quite delightful. Welcome to Movies or Life. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler, and don't worry, we aren't talking about cereal today, but Matt Reeves' 2022 film, The Batman. I am so excited. This is the first episode of the Movies Are Life podcast. Thank you so much for joining in on the conversation. I love everything about movies, and I hope that this podcast provides compelling commentary during your busy everyday life. Our guest today is a super good friend of mine, Kyle Radford, who always has great insights into movies. I know we both have different views about the Batman, and we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet, so I'm sure you're in for an entertaining conversation. So why the Batman? Or even, why bring up Batman cereal? Tim Burton's Batman ushered in a new level of consumerism and changed the way Hollywood perceived superhero films. If Adam West's portrayal of Batman wasn't laughable already, Michael Keaton's portrayal immediately made the 60s show a relic of the past. As an 8-year-old, I hadn't seen Burton's Batman yet, nor did I read the comics, but I was all in. In 1989, Batman stepped up as a legendary fictional character. You can walk up to anybody on the street and ask them if they know who Batman is. Now, they may not be able to tell you about Bruce Wayne's tragic past, but they will know who he is. I certainly didn't know about the complexities of the character when I was 8 years old, but I guarantee you I pretend to be him alongside my classmates on the playground. Why are we fascinated with the Batman character? Is it because he is a superhero who is just an ordinary man? Do we like his fancy gadgets? Or is it because Bruce Wayne has become a stand-in for how we perceive today's culture? Director Matt Reeves has certainly decided to take on larger themes such as class warfare and political corruption with the Batman. If I was 8 years old today, I'm not sure I would be as drawn into the emo style of Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne and his moral quandaries. The Batman definitely paints a bleak world, and although I don't have my cereal anymore, I can always find Prince's Bat Dance on Spotify to bring me back to simpler times. Before I bring Kyle in, this is your warning that this conversation may contain spoilers. So if you haven't watched The Batman, you have been forewarned. Today's guest is Kyle Radford. I've known Kyle for almost 20 years, going way back to our days at Baylor. Uh, he currently resides in Austin, Texas, 
and with a lovely wife and two adorable kids. But most importantly, Kyle can beat me in any type of movie trivia challenge. You think you know a lot about movies until you met this guy. So, hey, buddy, hey Kyle, how's good. it going? How are you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, I've, I've been really excited to talk to you about this movie. Uh, we have a little group chat that we have with some other buddies. And I just, I happened to see, got to go see this movie in the theater pretty close to its release date, which is actually a, a rarity for me. And so I believe our group has seen it, but we never truly talked about it. And so I know that we have some uh, different opinions on it. Before I go into my thoughts of why I actually like the Batman, but then actually rewatching it uh, this time around, uh, my opinion probably dipped down a little bit. But uh, first, uh, come to the dark side. Come to the dark side. How do you feel about this movie? (laughs) Well, what I liked about this movie, I thought it had a lot to say about today's times. Um, I I know it. You know, there's a lot to pick on about the uh, emo nature of everything. But uh, tell me, tell me what you think about the movie. I was. I love the Batman. Uh, Not not the Batman, the Batman as in Matt Reeves, the Batman, but I love the character Batman and I've, I've enjoyed all the movies, just a little background on, on where I come into it. So I was, I was excited. Uh, I was excited for the movie. Um, and then the first trailer came out and it had, uh, I think the first trailer was the one with something in the way by Nirvana playing, which, uh, I think gets two needle drops during the movie. Um, they, they play it all the way through two times. Uh, and I got a little, I got a little nervous because it it looked so somber and morose and just so it made me a little nervous. But as as we got closer to it, um, the reviews were positive, the reactions were positive. Um, it looked beautiful in the trailer, so I got excited. And then I actually got to see it in the theater too. I I don't get to go to the movies that much anymore. You know, I've got two young kids and life is just busy with school and swim team and, and everything else. So there's not a lot of chances to go to the movies, but I went and I made an effort to see this one. Um, and I sat there for three hours and watched it. And uh, I tried to convince myself how much I liked it. And I walked out and I saw it with a buddy of mine. And, and as we were walking out, we, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, I think, I think I hated that. And uh, he looked at me, he was like, yeah, I think I hated that too. Um, and I've watched it twice. And I'd say the second time I softened on it a little bit. Um, but I still okay. don't enjoy it. And I I was going to rewatch it for this podcast. And partly I didn't have time. And partly I just didn't want to watch it again. <laughs> I think the last time I saw it was about a month ago. Whenever it dropped on HBO Max, I watched it over three days. Um, which I think is the right way to see it. <laughs> um, no, but uh, yeah, so I, I didn't love it. I can appreciate a lot of what was going on. I can definitely appreciate the craftsmanship of it. Um, I get what you're saying about today's times. Um, I don't know. I think more cynically, I think of it as today's times in the state of movies and um, maybe nerd culture driving uh, movie studios and Warner Brothers baffling take on how they're handling their cinematic universe when it comes to superheroes and their kind of segmented approach. And, and I guess good, their Artur, Artur approach of letting different directors have different visions. But um, how many Batman do we have going on right now? I think we have three, three Batman currently. Uh, we now have three Jokers currently going on and not all of them exist in the same universe. 
um, even like three and three adding up. So, um, you know, I, it, I just, I, I found it, I guess, to be the logical conclusion of where we've been heading with Batman over the last 30 years to now we're at this point, a movie that is strictly for, uh, adult men in their thirties and forties, um, which is okay. You know, I think that's where I came the second time was I realized that this is a different kind of Batman movie. This isn't for everybody. This isn't for kids. And that's all right. It's okay to make a grown up Batman movie. Um, Batman has appeared in a lot of different ways and a lot of different comics across its 60 or 75 year run in the comics. So I, it's okay to have a take on Batman that's neo-noir and dark and depressing and whatever. But I think I also realized that that's just not a movie I want to see or I enjoy. So I appreciate it, but it it just wasn't for me. I feel you. I think uh, I'm not as closely tied to the DC universe or um, Batman. Uh, I, I haven't seen the Ben Affleck uh, reiterations. Uh, I didn't see the first uh, Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> Good for so, you. That's um, a point of pride. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, Anything you know, David I, Goyer's I, attached I, I to, my you battles. can pretty much run away from. <laughs> I, I think going in, I think one, I hadn't been in the theater in so long, so I was just enjoying the experience. I do think I got wrapped up into that a little bit. DC, you know, they, they won't use the term multiverse, but that's kind of almost how I saw this. Just exactly what you said. This is uh, Matt Reeves artistic vision this is kind of one take and that's kind of how i that that's kind of how i took it and i i liked the explorations of um you know not not trusting uh the powers that are supposed to protect us i like the idea of people feeling more comfortable um behind a mask uh Bat- batman and both Le- both the riddler and just especially how that plays in today's culture of social media and um, just, it's easier just what you say, well, you can say what you want online, but then what you are in the real world is completely different. So I enjoyed, I enjoyed those tones and I enjoyed the journey re rewatching it. I just realized that there's not a whole lot of mis- especially for a detective type of movie, uh, which is a new take, you know, I really saw this as something, um, similar to a David Fincher esque yeah. type approach to the story, the way David it, Fincher dark asked, and, I mean, it was seven uh, with a guy in a bat suit and Jeff, <laughs> Jeffrey Wright is right. Uh, I, as Morgan Freeman. And, uh, Batman is. Yeah. Fit. Uh, I joked with somebody that like, I, I left the movie feeling like I had been rained on because it's about the wettest movie you'll ever see. It's just like oh constantly. Gosh. Waterworld raining. had nothing. On uh, this but <laughs> unlike some of those Fincher like movies, um, such as seven and Zodiac, I, there's a certain exploration and something new you can discover when you rewatch those movies and watching this the second time at, at, it was surprising, especially with a character like the Riddler there, there's not a lot of layers to the tale that gets, no, it's, uh, it's, um, for as, as long as it is, it is, it is not as deep as it thinks it is. And I think, it's a little overstuffed. I mean, a little overstuffed. It's a lot overstuffed to where maybe it doesn't have time or it doesn't, isn't able to spend the time on some aspects of it where it just kind of, it hits beats like characters are archetypes and you're just kind of expected to know, Hey, this guy is this and 
and hold on because because we're just going to hit these story beats of this is a noir movie and this is a detective movie and by the way everybody's very sad and it is very wet i mean but yeah the fincher thing i mean at the point where uh the killer the killer where the riddler uh basically gives himself up to the police and to Batman and they're all sifting through his little uh, apartment where they find the journals that are scrawled with his uh, madman writings. It's just, <laughs> this is just John Doe in seven. Like th they, it, this is exactly seven um, to where you're not really bringing anything new to it unless the new thing you're bringing is, Hey, this time it's Batman. Um, so, yeah. I guess, yeah, I didn't find that take on it interesting enough to warrant it. It just, to me, was drugged down by the fact that it was also a Batman movie. Um, I, I didn't mind the third act, honestly. I, I kind of liked the take on it. Um, this is something where my friend and I differed. He hated the third act. He thought it was kind of in poor taste um, with the mass shootings. Um, it, it definitely... Uh... I mean, you can't help but think of Katrina mm -hmm. for sure uh, during that. And it did, uh, it does, it does invoke a, a very realistic scenario. It does, well, actually. and it's interesting, but it goes from the gritty um, boots on the ground, neo-noir uh, detective story to um, uh, the Dark Knight Rises where we're all trapped on an island and it's flooding and there's, uh mass hysteria and it's kind of like this tacked on superhero movie ending to this movie that really wasn't that in the first place and i kind of think that th that they didn't really need that i think you could have shaved 30 minutes off of the movie and have it a tighter just detective story um but but that being said i liked the set piece and i liked uh, where it brought Batman's arc. I think I, I think I uh, enjoyed his arc a lot more in this movie. Um, you know, going from just uh, vengeance to hopeful. Um, I think, it you know, it's a little yes. cheesy at the beginning where the, the thug asks, you know, who are you? And he says, I'm vengeance. To at the end where he asks the, the, uh, the QAnon guy on the top of the, the little uh, sound thing there you know, who are you? And he says, I'm vengeance. And then Batman has his aw shucks moment uh, where, but it, it, it <laughs> that's, what, oh, that's no. what I say. That's from earlier in the movie. <laughs> oh man. I learned it from you, uh, but it kind of worked on me, honestly. Um, and especially followed yeah. with the, the, you know, the scenes that follow where he, he, you know, kind of becomes heroic and realizes that, uh, he can be more a symbol of hope than just a fear in the city. And, and so I, I liked that. I liked that arc for the character. But I think sitting there, I didn't realize that arc was coming until the very end. Um, so it wasn't maybe an arc yeah. so much as a sharp yeah. dip at the end. They've always made the Bruce Wayne character uh, a faulty character. But in this one in particular, I thought it humanized him quite a bit. You know, uh, they get they get clues yeah. wrong. <laughs> they, they 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 make mistakes uh and so i i enjoyed the aspect of that but um i'm not a i'm not a huge huge action person but there's a certain element of these films i mean i love i love the nolan movies especially the dark knight mm -hmm. and there are just certain action set pieces that i'll go back to time and time again 
this time I, I, the car chase to me was still like, still completely holds up. But then other than that, for like a quote unquote superhero movie, um, I mean, there's some, a couple of fight scenes and that sort of thing, but there's really nothing, uh, memorable, uh, other than yeah, that I, car chase. The car chase, I, I think I enjoyed mostly, um, I think the visuals were were really cool. It was mostly easy to follow spatially where they were. You know, there were a lot of close shots inside the inside the cars. Um, a lot, a lot of the whole the whole car chase was filmed where you're you're inside the car with either Batman or or the Penguin. Um, but I thought it was really well done. I, you know, I have to laugh when there's the giant explosion at the end. And just as Batman's car is about to go through the explosion, you see the uh, the semi that has the the car carrier on the back of it, and the the back of it drops, so it makes a perfect little ramp. Um, you know, there's there's some uh, action movie cliches or some comic book cliches that they can gr- ground this thing in the real world all they want, but they still have the little ramp popping down at the perfect moment, so Batman can fly through the air. Um, I like that. Uh, yeah, the the last thing, the last fight, I don't know if it's especially well staged. I will say that he stages action pretty well, Matt Reeves. One of my complaints with Nolan, and I love the Nolan movies. I mean, I think The Dark Knight's incredible. I love Batman Begins, and The Dark Knight Rises is a little messy, but I still enjoy it as the, the conclusion of the story. Um, Nolan sometimes uh, stages his fights pretty confusingly, um, and I... And I, I I mean, that's definitely a choice. The man is so meticulous. He doesn't not make conscious choices, but the way they edit it, it's kind of, you can't really see the choreography of the action, what's going on. And I thought Matt Reeves really filmed the action well for what action was there. Um, Another thing, you know, this movie talk about how gorgeous it is. It's very dark, but it's not dark in a way that I can't tell what's going on. I thought, I thought it was the, you know, the textures and the, the colors all, uh, really popped on screen, and I I always knew what was happening. Um, we I recently watched Moon Knight uh, on Disney Plus, and that that movie was so or that show's so dark. A lot of times I didn't know what was going on, and so there's a real difference in dark and muddled versus dark and artistic and crisp and understanding the story. So I like that. I thought that was well done in some of the action scenes uh, throughout the movie. Yeah. We've talked a, a couple of things we've liked and didn't like, but I think a big part that, uh, in my opinion, and you may disagree, uh, th- what th- makes this movie, I think, stand out is I, I really enjoy all the actors in it. I, I think they, I, I think everybody does a really good job. I've always been a huge mm-hmm. Colin Farrell fan. Hey, I, I still Come don't on. quite. And I, I'm I, walking I, here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I am why? a little puzzled. That's why the only question is why they, they yeah. had to choose him. Yeah. Like versus, you know, uh, you know, but, episode five I mean, of that penguin uh, series on HBO max. He's going to, he's going to be regretting the fact that he decided to play this in a fat suit. Oh. <laughs> I forgot yeah. they were making that. Oh yeah. I mean, was, I for, did I Paul forgot. Giamatti okay. not answer his phone? <laughs> I don't, I don't understand this. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. but he was good. But, he was a, caricature of a De Niro character but it was it was good yeah but uh, Zoe Kravitz I think they did a good job of I thought she was uh, the highlight of the movie uh, yeah and rightfully kind of portraying a strong female character without uh, falling into cliches 
Um, I, uh, what's your opinion about Robert Pattinson? Did you like him? I, I liked him. Hmm, man, this is tough. You know, you have to separate, you have to separate the actor, the actor's choices. Um, you think the direction you assume they were given and the script, right? You know, there's so many things at play here and I can like some things and not like others. I think he was very strong in the role and I think the choices he made were good, but I think that some of the direction maybe he was given, I didn't enjoy. Um, you know, I don't like emo Batman. I, I, I just, that's not for me. I get that, you know, it's supposed to be Bruce Wayne in his twenties. Uh, I just kind of never believed that this sad sack was Batman. <laughs> Again, my version of Batman, I like that he's always got a plan. He's always got a way out. He knows what's going on. And, and, and this is him before he figured all that out. And so watching him stumble around, I mean, the minute that he, <laughs> that, that guy, uh, Peter Sarsgaard, explodes in front of him. And it's like, he had a countdown clock on him. How are you standing next to him when that thing goes off? Like, uh, <laughs> so, you know, that's nothing against Pattinson. And so I'm not going to knock him for, for that kind of stuff. I It bothered me that Batman is always moving in slow motion unless he's fighting. His shoulders are always kind of slumped over. His head is always kind of face looking down to the ground. I, you know, to me, um, that's not projecting vengeance and fear. It's kind of like, look at the sad guy in the bat costume. I I always like that Batman has Bruce Wayne, who's kind of the playboy. I thought it was interesting to see him before that happens. Because, um, you know, really, they, you know, Bruce Wayne is the mask and Batman is his real self. So he was really Batman this whole movie. Um, that was good. Uh, Zoe Kravitz, like you said, I thought she was a standout. I think she's been phenomenal in everything that she's been in. Um, what, Little Big Lies. Is that the? Yeah, she was uh, yeah. outstanding in that. Um, so I, I really like her and I thought that Catwoman was, was an interesting character. Um, and, and I liked their, I liked their dynamic. Um, Jeffrey Wright as commissioner Gordon. I was excited about the casting. I thought it was interesting. I think, I, I think I just don't like Jeffrey Wright that much at the end of the day. Um, I, I don't think I've seen him in a lot. That's it. Yeah. Interesting I, take. His delivery, it seems like he's always trying to poop out a watermelon, maybe, but keep it on the sly, you know, like he doesn't want us to know. Um, it's just, uh, and I, 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 I first noticed it in, um, in Casino Royale, where, you know, he would, he would, every time he deliver a line, I'm like, that's an odd choice. Maybe this is just something he's doing for the role. And then I watch Westworld and I'm like, oh, that's the same thing. And now in this, I'm like, I think that's just his style. And it's just it's just not for me. You know, I, I, yeah. I can see how that would appeal as like hard boiled detective. But something about his style seems forced to me. And maybe it's since it's the same in every every movie, it kind of takes me out of it a little bit. I'm probably the one person in America that doesn't think Jeffrey Wright is an incredibly talented actor. Um, but I haven't seen him in that much. So, you know, send in the hate mail to, to Nate. I think with him and even uh, uh, Sarsgaard in here, I, I think it's those roles uh, the, that really uh, make I was so film. surprised to see um, Sarsgaard show up. Uh, I didn't know he was going to be in it. And I'm like, hey, oh, no. that's where you've been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And did and the big question, did you like Paul Dano in this? I, I, I go back I and forth too. with him sometimes. 
I don't know if I'm saying it right. Dano. Is it Dano? Um, I don't. Okay. I don't know. Paul. He's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna correct Paul. us. Um, you know, I I liked him unmasked. I think um, in the scene that was ripping off uh, the Dark Knight, where he interviews the Riddler. Well, I thought he was unsettling. Yes. Yeah. I thought he was very convincing. I don't know if I necessarily believed that that was the guy in the suit uh, doing all of the. I don't know, but I like him. He was he was sufficiently creepy. Do I think that's the Riddler? Yeah. No, I don't think that's the Riddler. <laughs> um, but right. as the Zodiac yeah. killer, yeah, I thought he was a great Zodiac killer. I, I, so I, I did like Paul Dano. Yeah. I would have liked to see more of him, I think. Yeah. You feel like you've seen those uh, uh, scenes before, like in the prison between, you know, I mean, immediately you think of Silence yep. of the Lambs almost. Uh, you know, it's been done before, but it's still a scene that, like works for me you know that there's a good dynamic that i think it, i think it works for me too so. uh, honestly you know I, I can make fun of it a little bit because i do think this movie has a lot of homages that are straight up maybe rip offs a little bit but um i i liked the play between the characters uh and i liked i like dano's performance i like pattinson's performance in that moment as well i like the fear i like the fear in pattinson when he thought that dano was going to unmask him as Bruce Wayne. I thought that played really well. Um, they forgot about it or they didn't really, I mean, they didn't forget about it, but it just kind of went away. But right. uh, I like that. Uh, yeah. I would, I would say the most probably compelling twist of the whole movie. Probably. Well, there was almost moment. a compelling twist where Carmine Falcone tells Batman that uh, Thomas Wayne had a guy murdered, but luckily that compelling twist was for some reason, uh, discounted in the very next scene <laughs> that I mean, I know people that have talked about this movie talk about that, but that is a odd, odd choice for me uh, in a movie that's three hours long to, to have a dramatic yeah. reveal followed by a reveal that completely negates the dramatic reveal. Uh, the bad guy was lying. Surprise. Right. <laughs> uh, but that brings me to Andy circus. What did you think about Andy circus's Alfred? Let me ask you a question. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I liked him. I, I think once again, I've never had an, uh, tons of stake into the Alfred character. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, scolding father figure, <laughs> I guess was a, uh, new take. And you haven't seen on the, it. the, um, the so, so you haven't seen the Jeremy Irons Alfred. No. No, There's not I haven't. There. No, they don't give him much to do. I mean, the one that's had yeah. the biggest bite at the apple is Michael Caine. He's had they've given him the most yeah. meat on the bone. Yeah. And I think that's probably the best. Yeah. For for what I want out of it, that's the best dynamic of the two. I didn't I think they kind of short shifted the Alfred Bruce dynamic a little bit. Uh, I, yes. I I don't know, maybe my least favorite Alfred Bruce. Uh, but. You know, it's it's sad. It's sad, Bruce. So uh, I, I I do think I was like, I, I get that it's a, Andy Serkis is, is Matt Reeves' friend because they did the Planet of the Apes movies together. But I, I don't I don't know if that was if that was the best choice for that character. Yeah. Yeah, but it 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 is pretty it is pretty laughable that when he, wake, when he wakes I, up I, I should have down exactly what. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, Bruce Wayne just kind of lays into like 
<laughs> how yeah. horrible. Yeah, he w- it wakes up and it's like or... it's almost like yeah. the the soft gauze lighting, you know, where he's like wakes up and he's like Bruce. It's like the end of the Lord of the Rings with Fro- uh, Frodo waking up, and uh, and then he's just like you're not my dad. Uh, just immediately lays into him for a lie. Why did you lie to me or whatever he says? I'm sitting in the theater. Usually, I'm pretty immersed in movies. And then I think about it later and I think, well, that was an odd choice. That one immediately, I'm like, what are you doing? This guy just woke up from a coma. That's what you're going to say. Oh, and I, I think, and I know you hit on it and I, I, and I'm kind of going back to the beginning, but I, I purposely stay away from trailers. Uh, I try to, I like to kind of see the first one and kind of forget about it. But I remember when this trailer came out and they used the Nirvana song in it. And for a trailer, completely works you know that's yeah. a whole different type of beast when i was in the theater and that uh that needle drop <laughs> when that hit i i literally laughed out loud because i think for you and i that grew up yeah. with nirvana which i mean one of the best love bands ever or whatever i just it yeah it, love that song but the fact that they were using that and then bring it back at the end i I, I really, it really took me aback. It made me laugh like, oh, wow. That, um, I compared it to, and I'm picking on myself. Uh, you were in many of my video projects in college. It reminded me of something I would have used in my college product to, you know, evoke some emotion. Into I mean, it was, it was my straight project. up a reprise from a Broadway show. I mean, yeah, at the beginning when he's journaling <laughs> and uh, doing the, the Watchmen voiceover, and then, and you've got that playing in the background. I think I was, I mean, that's where I'm in the theater going, I think we might be in some trouble here. Um, yeah. And then when it came back at the end, I'm like, what? You didn't, it's like you wrote this for the movie. And apparently that, that Matt Reeves played that, was playing that song when he wrote the script. But I mean, I don't know if we need to put it in twice. I'm sure a lot of kids <laughs> were watching that being like, oh, a new band. I wonder who this is. <laughs> and then and then they make the connection of all the uh, Nirvana t-shirts they find in the local uh, right. targets. Well, and, they say uh, that Walmart's. he based, he based <laughs> Bruce Wayne on kind of Kurt Cobain and not necessarily real life Kurt Cobain, mm-hmm. but Kurt Cobain from that Gus Van Zandt movie. Uh, last is it last days. I never saw it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I didn't either. Which, uh, I mean, I thought it based him no. on the crow. <laughs> Oh, it was very, yeah. very crow. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Well, uh, I think we've hit on some, some things that we liked, uh, some things that don't work or we disliked, but uh, we both mentioned we're very busy people. Uh, so sometimes we have to pick and choose yeah. what we want to watch. Is this a movie that you think is worth somebody's time? It's a lot of time to give up. I think you have to have either an affinity for the character or the genre. Um, you know, I wouldn't recommend this to my wife. I would, I'd recommend it. I would recommend other Batman movies to her that I think are standalone good films that maybe even transcend genre films, but I don't think this does that. So I think if you enjoy Batman, you enjoy noir thrillers, even crime procedurals. Yeah. I think, I think I would recommend it in that sense, but you have to really like that because it is it's three hours. I, I mean, I would call this movie a bit of a slog, especially the second time watching it. Um, I've heard people say that that they really thought the three hours flew by and I didn't feel that. 
So uh, it, it, it would be a very qualified recommendation. And uh, I mean, I'm not, again, it doesn't hold up for rewatches. So, you know, like I said, I, I kind of hated this movie, but I don't want to just pan it and say, don't watch it because I think it's really well done. Uh, visually, uh, I, we didn't even talk about the, the, the score, let alone forget the something in the way. Um, but the Michael Giacchino score is gorgeous uh, throughout. It's a, it's, it's got to be the best Batman theme uh, since the Elfman score. Um, the the Batman theme, the Catwoman theme, the Riddler theme, and then the way that the score kind of plays off of Ave Maria, I thought was really well done. And one of, if not my favorite thing about the whole movie. So there are things to like, but ugh, it doesn't get a strong recommendation from me. You have to be a fan. Yeah compared to and i'm asking because i haven't seen these movies compared to the snyder films a step a step above yeah i mean well uh they're very different um batman versus superman is terrible and i wouldn't recommend anybody see that so it, it's such a this is a film i guess this and those are schlockier uh, i thought the four hour snyder cut wasn't that bad it's not a movie I mean, nobody makes a four hour. No one's going to sit down and watch that as a movie. They couldn't release that in theaters, but it had some interesting ideas. This has some interesting ideas, too. Um, which would I watch over again? I don't know. Uh, I don't think either one of them are very good. I think if I had a choice, I'd probably sit down and watch The Dark Knight again or Batman 89. There will be. I, I think it's been confirmed that Pattinson's yeah. coming back. There will be a second one, and it'll be interesting to see uh, if there is a shift at all, but especially in maybe Pattinson's performance, uh, the, the things you touched on as far as like body posture, yeah. those type of things. Um, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. And, uh, we don't necessarily have to hit on the like surprise cameo of the Joker in there, but like, honestly, as you talked about so many variations of the Joker at this point, it, it's not a character that I'm really have any desire. I don't to need see another again. one. Uh, I don't know if you watched the deleted scene that Matt Reeves posted on YouTube. Yeah, uh, I did. Which is is just uh, uh, Manhunter, the scene where he goes to talk to Lecter. Um, but I, I after that, I really don't want to see that Joker. I didn't I didn't like the portrayal. I didn't like the idea. Um, so, yeah, I hope they don't do the Joker again. I think can we give that character a rest so we kind of want to see him again? We don't need we don't need a new Joker every two years. But like, uh, yeah, the tone of the next one is going to have to be wildly different because this was all about finding out he could be a hopeful character, right? How do you continue? Do you just make another police procedural? Um, and it's going to be interesting to find villains that fit in this real world or how they, uh, I heard talk about, they want to do Mr. Freeze. How does Mr. Freeze exist in, in this universe? Um, you're not going to get like a killer croc. You're not going to get a Mr. Freeze. I guess, yeah, they talked about Calendar Man or something like that, uh, which is another just serial killer, kind of like they made the Riddler in this. So I guess you just know. Yeah. But we've already blown up the city, right? And flooded the city. That's the problem. These movies, uh, they started in 11. And I don't know how you escalate uh, every movie. Yep. Um, but, my, you yeah, know, I my butt will be in the seat, I'm sure, watching it. Yeah, maybe it will just be a romantic comedy between uh, the Riddler and like, Joker. They, they, they seem to really uh, form a friendship well, there. Kind of an in prison type, <laughs> con like an orange is the new blackie type thing. That'll be fun. 
<laughs> right, right. Regina Spector's uh, song comes in, and you know, both at the beginning. I don't and the understand end of the, film, the so. physics so. of how Barry Keegan's Joker eats or drinks w- with. You know, <laughs> like he seems to have teeth just, that go up. There's to just his lots ears. of. Yeah, yeah. There's just lots of uh, napkins lying his uh, uh, his cell floor just to catch all the so drool that drool. constantly. I'm, I just I mouth. can't stress how little I want to see that character again. Um, I, yeah, I, not I, I'm trying to decide if I'd rather see that or another Leto Joker. I think I would just stay home. As I watch a movie, there are moments that always make me stop and think a little deeper about a scene or a character. So it's that point at the show that I want to pose these questions to my guest. I call this segment Movie Musings. Movie Musings. Hopefully I'll gain uh, a good following with this podcast, similar how the Riddler gained, what, 500 followers with his social media and I mean, a couple weeks? Not, not, not too bad. bad. I love the, he's like, he's the total Zodiac, like, I'm the Riddler and I'm going to go around. And then his final video is like, hey guys, uh, so we're going <laughs> to, we're almost done here. Uh, it's, it's so silly. So he can have henchmen at the end. Um, yeah. Uh, but in, in the newsfeed, you see like a little uh, still image and it's like a shot of basically the, yeah, they're like, they have it at the army supply store wear. guys. Don't forget your cellophane. Yeah, so my, <laughs> my question for Kyle was how much do you think the debate was about whether or not to include the glasses uh, with the whole outfit, yeah, uh, per se. You know they did tests without it, and uh, I, I love the glasses. I kind of love, I love. It's like uh, he reminds me of someone who swims with his t-shirt on. He like he's still gonna put the glass. He's got his scary <laughs> costume that he made, but he's still gonna. He's got to put the glasses on. He's still gonna. He's gonna get in the pool and he's gonna have a nice time. But that t-shirt's coming on because he's really sensitive about the size of his nipples. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, okay, my second question for Kyle, that I, I don't really know how to transition from that. That won't make it to the um, podcast. Is, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Catwoman's mask, uh, is it very effective of hiding her identity? I don't understand why she wears a mask. She doesn't seem to actually be like, I mean, she's she's coded as like a a hooker, right? She she works at this hotel, I mean, this, this bar, but they're kind of taking from the long Halloween where she's like kind of a escort or a call girl or whatever. But, um, I don't understand the little cat ears. I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't get the whole setup because she appears to be living in squalor. Right. And they, they make a point to show the past due notices, uh, on her table. So (laughs) she's not the master jewel thief. So yeah, I I don't know if it's just a, a stylistic choice that she wears her, beanie over her eyes um but everyone's like well there's selena there's selena kyle you know to that end if you look at the batman cowls this is the most bat face we've ever seen mostly most of the time you're just looking at the little reverse goatee but uh pattinson's got it all the way up to his ears i mean this guy it's just it's like well there's bruce wayne (laughs) yeah um, all I can think of is like, I mean, the mask like purposely almost like covers up her nose the whole time. And I just, I just can't help but maybe how hard it 
you know, if you're a nosebleeder, yeah, she's hell, got a you know, she's very loud in a. I would imagine as she's trying to rob these people, just breathing out of her her mouth the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she she's uh, cracking a safe, and her was too <laughs> too loud. Maybe she was obstructing but her nose was that. Warm. So, um, yeah, uh, you you hit it on. Uh, the third question I had for you is, um, you know, I. You of course notice it when the beginning, uh, the beginning of the movie starts. But um, I was like, oh, so uh, Batman's yeah, a journaler. Um, how 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 often do you think he journals? Um, when does he find time, and does he keep it locked? So Alfred, uh, that's a good question. Him. I would imagine he's quite an extensive journaler. I mean, he was putting dates and times, which makes me think we're doing this multiple times a day. But you know, what else does Bruce have to do? It looks like he goes out at night and hangs out and and then writes in his journal until the wee hours of the morning but you know alfred's catching a peek at that i I don't know if that's uh therapy if it's court mandated or what but it's good that he's kind of it doesn't seem to be helping in any way because he's uh, still a sad they would probably his therapist would say if you're gonna journal don't do it in your cave with your eyeliner still on listening to nirvana <laughs> but, uh, well uh, thanks so much kyle hopefully we'll uh, we can oh, do this, this is again. a lot of fun i appreciate and, uh, you inviting for... me on man this was this was a really good time the batman's streaming on hbo max right now so i mean especially if you have that service you know i think you can quickly tell whether or not you'll like this i think film you can tell not, by the trailer so and if, if you, you like start it that's it. great i don't begrudge anybody who enjoys this it's just it wasn't the movie for me all right man well i appreciate it thanks, take care buddy. and we'll talk one. soon if you have a comment, a question, or an idea for a future show, please email us at moviesarelifepod at gmail.com. That's moviesarelifepod at gmail.com. For movie reviews and past episodes, visit moviesarelife.com. While you're there, you can find all the links to our various social media accounts and podcast streaming platforms. Thank you so much for listening.